G'day everybody and welcome to The Dan Show on Slice Radio. It's episode number 18, which means the podcast can legally drink alcohol. On this episode, I've got two very special interviews. First up is Kerry Lendo, stand-up comedian and actor. She's really funny on the socials and IRL, which means face-to-face. Then I've got a great chat with Murpire, singer and songwriter extraordinaire, about recording her debut album, Simulation Ride. Go over to Murpire's Bandcamp to get that album, if you know what's good for you. Before these two excellent interviews, let's just run over what's happening with the other Slice Radio podcasts. On her story with Ashley, she has a chat with Georgia Mack from Yes, the tremendous band Camp Cope. On the Shift podcast, Denise Mill talks to Tracy Sorensen, who is a very fine author. And Charlie Fat from Sounds Like Teen Spirit blasts out another bunch of great 90s tunes and chats and stories to go along with them. Okay, here they come. First up, Kerry Lendo, comedian. And then at the top, Murpire, singer and songwriter. Here we go. I've got Kerry Lendo here. The internet's already told me you're a comedian, uh, an actor, a producer, or and, and an actress, apparently, which is very sexist, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I saw that. And a host of the Friendship Club. What's going on with the Friendship Club? You just do one when you feel like it, which is cool. Well, I was trying to do them weekly um, right now. My computer has been broken for a very long time. That's why I'm having these, our little mic technical difficulties among my sisters. There's something wrong. My computer work, it works for like a, an hour or so, and then it crashes. So it was one of those things where like I could still kind of use it. And so, I don't know, they tried the battery. Now they're trying something that takes even longer. But um, so I've kind of been kind of slow about it's not no, like when you really. take an animal to the vet and you're like, you've got to pay an overnight fee, is it? Because this is this no. is starting to add up. <laughs> well, part of the problem was I'd try, they'd try something simple and then I'd take it back for a couple of weeks. Like I, I could still use it for an hour or two. So then like after not having it for a day or two, I'd take it back. And mm. so I'd wait a couple more weeks before I would get it sent back in because I had work more to weeks. do. Oh, right. I was going to say, you need to find then- some find some different more available nerds to fix that for you <laughs> possibly <laughs> i know it's one of those things with computer places like their reviews online are all like good and bad everyone has good and bad so it's really hard to find a, to trust a place this place has fixed my computer before so i do trust them but they did have to send it away for the motherboard and then it was also july 4th weekend which is like places were closed it's just Anyway, so there's been a little break, but I'm also, um, I'm still learning all about podcasting. So I feel like having a break is good to kind of review and like take my time with an episode and plan it out more and stuff like that. But you've, you've had Martha Kelly on. She's like uh, Twitter royalty, Martha. She is. She is Twitter, Twitter royalty. She's a great interview. She is very smart and insightful and funny. Indeed, and uh, you're also great on Twitter, and uh, that's what reminded me that I needed to speak to you, apart apart from your whatever year appearance on um, David Huntsberger's Space Cave. Mm -hmm. Dave and I are are friends. What can you remember about that fateful day going to Dave's shed? 
uh, I remember, I remember being like, "Ooh, I should have reviewed this stuff more," because <laughs> we were talking about science, and it was stuff I mostly knew. We were also drinking beer and just in a good mood. And I'd say I was drunk, but I certainly wasn't like, um, you know, take a sober. science exam. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sure. sober. <laughs> so, but it was kind of fun to see just what my brain remembered. <laughs> it was like a fun test for me, maybe not for the view- viewers, but like, what did I re- retain from my like, you know, days of college and then working in biotech? And all right, I took a five year break. Now, what, what do I remember about? <laughs> I think we talked about cell uh, DNA re- uh, replication. I can't remember, but I just remember it's my f- favorite episode. And oh, whenever, really? Whenever. <laughs> d- d- Whenever Dave asked me for feedback, I said, no, more like Kerry Lendo. Oh, that makes me happy. I was worried. I was insecure that maybe I sometimes I feel like I, I like to get into science conversations. But then I realize uh, if somebody really knows science, I kind of forget or make yes. just, I just it just insecurity is about. So I'm always like, oh, no, should people are just going to listen to this and be like, who is this dumb woman? <laughs> <laughs> I think both our partners were also like waiting because we were going to barbecue after and we just kept on talking and I didn't realize how much time had passed. (laughs) But um, it was fun. I'm going to go back and listen to it. You've inspired me now that I've had some time to not be embarrassed by my mistake. No, no, no. I mean, you're certainly true. Like on the surface, it might appear like you didn't remember too much of what you've been taught, but it was a fun time. And that's what podcast. (laughs) Dave forgets that podcasting is meant to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he loves his information oh no and dave's great hey he's got a new he's got a new show coming out soon did you know i did i've i've heard a little bit about it well, i've seen it. I've seen it i've seen the whole thing it's amazing it's going to turn um the internet on its on its head finally <laughs> finally he's going to get the riches he deserves um, I've seen your Prius commercial. Ah! It was great. A very short one, uh, which yes. I was disappointed. The pig, um, there were more shots that were all scrapped because um, pigs don't act on command. <laughs> they don't. And they squeal. They uh, don't like moving cars. They hated everything that we used was in a still car because everything in the moving car did not work. <laughs> Was the would you the pig wasn't in the back when you were getting a shot? No, no it was of course not. It was not. I understand but it a little so bit. So adorable to watch the shots they did get. They just had like a bunch of treats and stuff that the pig had never eaten, like Fruit Loops and candy and peanuts and popcorn to like keep it interested. They just kept swapping out treats, and it was just so happy. Like uh, that was the most fun part of the shoot was watching a little tiny pig like get some treats. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, pigs can be trained, but not. I don't think that pig had enough life to have been trained. Yeah, <laughs> I think they prioritized. There was. I was there when they were casting the pig a little bit, or they had a few pigs. I think they went with the cutest pig, even though they um, knew he was squealing for his life while being driven around. <laughs> well, look, uh, it's um, a, a hard recommend. It's not hard to find. You just put in um, Kerry Lendo Prius commercial and that comes straight up. You've done quite a few shorts, as we say, in the industry. And I'm not really in the industry. Not one lately or one lately? 
Um, I'm trying to think of the last one I did. I haven't. I mean, I haven't done anything during pandemic. I did like a web, very just three episode web series that I may may re, redo re, revisit one day. That was probably the last thing I did. But I haven't done like a produced short since I left Austin. Um, but I want to now. I got the itch. I did some directing out here of um, some shorts when I first moved out here. But yeah, I haven't done a short. I sh- I should. It's time. It is time. Let's it was move. it was a lot easier in Austin just because I had um, one. It's just a cheaper city, it's, and it's just an easier city Austin, to do anything Austin. in. I, what, Austin, why don't Texas. you marry Austin? Um, no, I'm, I'm joking. Let's talk, uh, now talk it's about become Austin. libertarian. Is it? <laughs> yeah, or, or that's it's not really, but there has been a, a strong libertarian um, pandemic because they had Texas had eased restrictions on COVID before most states. And so a bunch of Californians and other states like, and podcasters, thanks to Joe Rogan kind of leading people out there, there's a new libertarian contingency. I mean, there was always a decent amount of libertarians. Um, Ron Paul had his headquarters there for a long time, but it's certainly, um, the city's expanding in a strange way. <laughs> Without hitting up a Wikipedia, what, what does be, being a libertarian mean? Well, what does it mean or what does it actually mean? What is it? It's meant to mean somebody who doesn't want any government regulations, like no government, pure freedom, you know, no taxes, no. It's become the um, crying, crying white men <laughs> of like oh, so, everyone's taking my freedom away. So a more moderate libertarian, how would everything get done? like all the sewage and everything like that. No, they don't have a plan. They haven't really thought it out. They're just mad that they, you know, have to use pronouns. <laughs> They're not really. Um, but what about. Yeah, like I don't you- think, I think they think, I don't, I don't know what their plan is, honestly. <laughs> That's the hole in their plan. You, you struck on it right away. Because do you, they don't believe in hmm. yeah, pu- public and anything vaguely. Cause I mean, we've, um, we're pretty strict with the with the government stuff here in Australia. I mean, not that we got a strict government. I mean, but we've got you know the British system of um, a lot of municipal stuff and all that sort of thing, and it works pretty well. I'm surprised how well it works actually. You know, meeting, is there any meeting backlash? people? Yeah, is there backlash. <laughs> any no. backlash? The yeah. only sort of thing like is like thing. someone like someone like me might say, "Why do we have to pay for all these freeways?" Like, <laughs> yeah. But then I realize how much it costs to build a freeway, and that it's it's the easiest way around for the government to just tender them out to companies. But I just wonder who's watching, you know, because then the freeway goes free uh, yeah. at some point. But I just mm-hmm. I just want to see this see the see the figures and make sure that it goes free at the right, right time <laughs> yeah I guess what do i do with my life but anyway <laughs> I, I i do wonder um i do wonder but i've not i've not done the figures on whether the freeway is meant to go free <laughs> earlier or later but anyway this conversation is going in a weird uh way so austin um, was a real hotbed for lots of people. We think about Howard Kramer. We think about David Huntsberg. We think about Kerry Lendo. Who else? <laughs> who else do we think about? Oh, so many. I mean, you said earlier, Martha Kelly. She was oh, yeah, an Austin sure. lady comedian. Um, who else? I mean, so many. Uh, Michelle Balloon, Jim ha- Hamilton, Chris Fairbanks, uh, Brendan Walsh, Lisa Delarius. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Doug Mellard. 
And there's a bunch of new people, um, new pe- they're not that new, they've been doing it a while, but comparatively, uh, Maggie May, Daniel Huntsberger, MK Paulson, all these people kind of slowly blowing up. And there's yeah. people who still live there now, like Chris Cubis and Ember Bixby and, and, and um, who else, Mac Blake. There's a bunch of people who are, Brian Gar, who are, you know, making it work there and so being think, full-time creators. What do you think was the catalyst for that to be, to blow up there? I mean, I think it was just lucky that it was um, a cheap city to live in, which it was, it's a University of Texas is there. So there was always kind of a big art uh-huh. scene. It was a big music scene in the seventies, um, you know, with Willie Nelson and such. And so I think it just attracted hippie. I mean, it was the, it was known as like the blue oasis. So it was just kind of like the liberal city in Texas. So it kind of attracted all of the artists and, you know, all the artists in Texas, it's a big state. And so, and it was just, I think for a while it was funded pretty, I mean, it's not so much anymore, but they did have decent arts funding for a while, which a lot of them have been erased um, thanks to current Republican and past Republican governors. But so, yeah, I think it's just like, it was a cheap city that you could kind of just create full time. There was the university, there was some industry. So there were, there were people, you know, paying for pay, helping subsidize and uh, it was just a fun city to be in i think people like to visit it too it attracted a lot of good out of town acts which i think helps mm, yes um and you certainly hear about a lot of um a lot of uh, comedians coming from there and they've, they now live everywhere else where are you from originally i'm from philadelphia oh, or wow. suburbs of philadelphia <laughs> it's the city of friendship right <laughs> yeah, the study of brotherly and sisterly friendship. Oh, right. <laughs> I've completely messed that up. No, I, I, it's brotherly love is the title. So, as a bleeding heart liberal, <laughs> are you disappointed that you, you, you and your lot have annoyed, annoyed the right wingers so much <laughs> that that they've had to had to go as crazy as as they have? I mean, yeah, there's so What do you think, what do you think going... was the straw that broke the camel's back? <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, I, one, I think COVID really set a lot of people off. Like, but I, well, but it was before that. I mean, Trump yeah. was before that. So, I mean, I think it was Obama having a black president really made people mad. He wasn't even that good. I, I mean, think that's what got, good guy. I, mean, I mean, I think it wasn't about anything, whether he was good or not. It was yeah. just about the fact that he was you know black and there's still a lot of racism it was kind of covered up in the 90s maybe but we're not covered up but you know there's a lot of pretending like we had excelled more than we had people from not america will never understand your country yeah i i (laughs) what do you remember hearing that trump won (gasps) oh yeah i mean i was disappointed but at some point I, look, I don't even follow politics, but that many yeah. poll that many polls were com- being mentioned on comedy podcasts. I knew that it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, because in uh, the Western world, most elections are really tightly fought, and once it goes fifty-one forty-nine, it might as well go eighty twenty. Uh-huh. You know, in my experience. But look, I sound like I know things. I don't know anything, Kerry. <laughs> I what mean, I know as, is I'm, as, if I've, as I've um, shown on other podcasts, I like to talk and I don't always know things. <laughs> That's all right. We're having fun. Look, what I do know is I'm absolutely tired of your digs at Danzig. 
Oh, <laughs> Who just moved to Austin? That I mean, is moving to Austin. That was. Oh, yeah. He wants the sun. Of, he yeah. loves the sun. He's very much a sun's out, guns out sort of guy. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm uh, surprised that Danzig is really coming coming to your world. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you know about Glenn? I mean, I know he, he's very short. I know that. I know he would hate that I said that. Uh, I mean, I know the Misfits and, and dancing. Um, I remember when the song Mother came out and the music video was on constantly on both MTV and an MTV offshoot called The Box, where you could, it was a video jukebox where you could call in and pay 99 cool. cents. And people loved paying 99 cents to watch the music video uh, Mother by dancing. And then I actually saw him um, do a solo thing. Well, kind of saw him doing it. He played Fun, Fun, Fun Fest in Austin, which was a big music festival that is no longer around. That was really fun. It was music and comedy too, which was which was fun for me because I got to go for free. And I remember dancing was doing it. And he there was a whole thing. You have to read it online, but he really wanted French onion soup and nobody, he they didn't have it or they didn't bring it to him or it wasn't in his green room and he flipped out. So he didn't even play that many songs and uh, he yelled at a bunch of people. So mm. I know he loves French onion soup. <laughs> Yeah, I think he was right. I mean, I he do ha- like French onion soup. He doesn't. He hasn't built up his career in music to not get <laughs> French on, onion soup. But anyway, he's a funny character, and we all like to make fun of him. Twitter, you've got you've got so many great jokes. Do you agonize over them, or you just wait for them to come? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, sometimes I put them out right away. Sometimes, if I'm not. You know, if I'm out somewhere, I'll just try to, I always, I need to start writing them down more because a lot of times I'll think of something as like I'm driving or something and then I'll get home and I'll be like, what was it? <sighs> I can't remember. But, um, so I usually kind of just put it out there, although then sometimes I regret the way I formatted something, you know, stupid stuff. Like, why am I stressing out about how I formatted a tweet? But I am. <laughs> yeah. You haven't managed to um, uh, monetize Twitter yet, have you? No, I didn't. No. Honestly, to be honest, I didn't know if that was a thing. <laughs> People approach you. Yeah, gotcha. Like, like, um, kind of like Instagram, where they're like, yeah, hey, yeah, something like that. But this. I mean, it yeah. couldn't hurt to reach out to Wendy's or something. Like yeah, free ice cream. I like Frosties, fries. I'll do. I'll do a whole bit on Frosty and fries. <laughs> Creating uh, projects. So you're a. Uh, you're a writer, you're a comedian, you're an actress and actor. <laughs> so what are you going to do now COVID's finishing? What's what's going to be the next big thing? Oh, man, that is the million-dollar question. I feel like I was somebody who maybe um, thrived more during COVID than post. I have post-COVID anxiety. Um, not to say I would want it to happen or no, anything like that. But not. now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, no, what should I do? Because I feel like in LA, stand-up's coming back, but very slowly. It's not, I mean, it was, it was hard to get booked on shows before COVID. And now there's just a lot less. And everyone's trying to get booked. The same, like everyone has the same idea. Like I want to get back out there. So it's much easier if you're a famous person. Um, so, I mean, I do, I all COVID, I'm like, I need to think of a new plan. I need to have a new career plan, plan of attack. And um, I don't have one, to be honest, but... Have you considered becoming friends with Jackie Cation? She's doing hundreds of shows per week. She is. Like. I mean, I'd say I'm acquaint- at least acquaintances. I would say I'm slightly above acquaintance. Uh, maybe acquaintance. Um, 
just hang yes. around her. I should, I should just, uh, yeah, that's, um, I should just, yeah, just show up at her next show and then show up at her next show and then show up at her next show and <laughs> eventually get a restraining order. <laughs> yeah. And um, what about uh, Kerry's happy fun time internet hour? You just stay, you just stay on the internet and be an internet comedian. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what podcast is. It's me doing comedy and not leaving my house <laughs> mm. it's going to be harder to charge for zoom chats if you if you do the zoom did you hear about the zoom comedy being lucrative i did good question i think people did were surprised i think people in general wanted to support the arts so i think people did kind of a lot of times when there was a donate bud button or or if there were charge tickets people it was people did pay it more than if it was a live comedy show, I feel like. But I also feel like that was also because of the times and people having the extra money and wanting to support the arts because they, they weren't going out and spending that money. So I don't know if that'll continue once everything is open. Mm. If people, I, I wonder how long that, because I think people are right now, there's a lot more paying comedy shows and people are more open to just pay, pay to go see comedy or music or, or whatever, or buy merch. But I don't know how long that'll last. Yeah, I mean, maybe forever, but I was just thinking, you know, in I know you do this in America too. Uh, you you go and see the big game on the big screen. Mm -hmm. You could go and see the smaller comedian on the big screen. So yeah, you, although you I do think I do think it is a lot worse to watch filmed comedy <laughs> than to see it in person. But people it do it. People do it. People did it sure. during Zoom shows. I didn't, Absolutely. but people did. Actually, it didn't take very long. What was the What was the comedians that I think were the quickest? I think Jackie was probably the quickest. I think Jimmy Pardo of the people I I haven't done a survey, but of the people I follow, I think Jimmy Pardo was right up there with the Zoom. They were early adopters, and they're in their fifties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they got they got right into it mm -hmm. but anyway i think they both also have very successful podcasts which i think it, it makes you comfortable talking to a computer which probably helped them they were ready to transition right away yes well, i'm more comfortable talking to the to a computer than talking to anything um, <laughs> but i'm not a comedian unfortunately so what's on the whiteboard for for you are you more friendship club we know yes that. more friendship club and talking to so three i have three episodes in the works and hopefully we'll tape them you could probably get david week. huntsberger you could probably get probably i don't <laughs> I think, know i think i i mean i probably probably will down the line um you know who else and, is handsome you know yeah. who else is handsome i'm gonna give i'm gonna give you his initial see if you can guess j z or z in america j z not j z um well i think i'm um i did just i did just look at, i was looking at your past podcast oh, no. so i had a i was like, gonna go um does this help i think i think you mean uh john ozelay who <laughs> i um who just started a very successful comedian softball league here in la oh. and i've been playing so i see him once a week on the field he's very good at softball it's somewhat frustrating there's a couple of comics who are really good and always catch your fly balls and it's frustrating it's a genetic it's a genetic thing don't mm -hmm. be impressed <laughs> it's like being good at maths 
Like you're, <laughs> you're born with it or you're either not. Softball, is it, do you get a choice between having the ball tossed at you or tea or team? No, or we should have it. We should have a tea though. That would be fun. Um, that would be fun. It's, it's, we, we saw a slow pitch softball. So we oh, stand so a lot closer. It comes a little slower. It's, we're not trying to strike anyone out. We're trying to make sure everyone gets a hit. Cause it's, yeah, cause it's more fun when everyone gets a hit. Yeah. We usually kind of let play till people get, get a hit. Oh, that's fun. Comedians yeah. are fun, uh, generally, aren't they? <laughs> they're pretty fun. And they're only moderately good at softball, which is great because then you don't have to run that much. Comedians only really want to beat you into submission when it's like careers. <laughs> or when you're... People really love, I feel like people really love, people really took to it. I think people didn't realize how much they needed a non-entertainment industry related um hobby <laughs> yeah how many hours a day would you spend about spend thinking about comedy oh good question because it's i mean in and out i mean maybe if i boiled it down four, four hours i don't know i mean i try <laughs> to write every day and you know i'm certainly always if i'm on twitter even if i'm just driving i, I walk dogs for extra money and so i think i'm also i mean anything i do i mean that sounds stupid but Anything I could do could end up ha- making me have a thought that could write a joke. So, absolutely, and social media is a, is a, is hard. Ugh, um, it's hard, and, and I'm so, on it too much. But it's you you have to be on it if you're a comedian. I, I wish I could get off some of it or take. I mean, I could do whatever I wanted, but I've said in my li- in my life as Instagram is my, now my life. which is weird because um it should be an ancillary thing but now it's it's almost bigger than every anything else yeah you almost you almost do things for the instagram photos at times i mean there's there's whole experiences i feel like around la that are like come do this disco roller skating thing and there'll be like a wall for you to take pictures to instagram so it's like built into new activities Yeah. (laughs) yeah that's weird you should get a picture with that piggy did you get a picture with the piggies? I think I was too stressed out to get a picture. <laughs> too stressed out. What were they yeah. doing to you, Karen? <laughs> I mean, I think it was my first big LA shoot for like a national brand. So I was like, I mean, also it was also stressed out because the, the morning shoot, I was driving a car while acting while a pig was screaming in my ear. And there was a child also there who was sometimes crying, who got cut out of the thing. Um, mm. Not because of her acting, but because of the pig. So it was stressful. The they, kept, they kept, they kept, they like, they kept asking me to go slower, but I could, I like, wasn't hitting the gas. I'm like, I'm just taking my foot. It was stressful. I also wear glasses, and there was a whole thing where they wanted me to wear contacts, but they didn't. Ah, oh, it's boring. But. Did they? Is it was it because of reflections, or were they just looking for a different no, look? I, I think they were actually wanted to switch out my frames or do whatever. And then um, they didn't have time to, which they would have probably, uh, to to get me new glasses. So it was easier to get contacts. I don't know. It was one of those things where somebody low down was making a big deal. And then it just went to upper management. And they're like, oh, yeah, just make her wear her normal glasses. That's fine. Yes, that's the way things sometimes go in upper management, that they just do the most common sense thing. So what sort of, what sort of person were they looking for for that? Were they, uh, uh, you know, woman who would dry, drive around her pet pig? 
to the farmer's market. This is sort of like a hipster hipster sort of thing, I, I guess, someone yeah. a little bit left of centre. Yeah. I mean, people have pet pigs. They're not great pets because they are very smart and they um, get, get into trouble and, yeah. and know how to manipulate and, you know, will squeal until you give them what they want kind of thing. And grow a lot larger than you think. Even the d- yeah. small varieties can grow 100 pounds, yeah. which is fairly big. But you know what does stay small is uh, mini goats. Oh, yeah. Those pygmy goats. They're so good. cute. And uh, you can get pygmy sheep now too. Oh. Apparently they're called dollies or something. Anyway, look, I don't know why we're talking about all this, Kerry. It's just <laughs> because your career is such a rich patchwork of yes. different, different things. <laughs> so we should, let, uh, we should let Kerry go and get on with her day. Um, we've had a lovely chat about stuff. Where can we? We can't buy anything from you, can we, Carrie? Or can we? Ugh, good question. I guess you can't. Uh, yeah, I guess you can't. I mean, I sell vintage online, but it's it's not really oh, much. But um, that's all right. No, I mean, I was I was in a um, a movie um, that you could rent or 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 you or you could rent or you could buy digitally. Um, that is on both, uh, if you have the streaming service, Night Flight, which I highly recommend, um, or Amazon, but boo, Amazon, called Pictures of Superheroes. You can rent that. Yeah, I watched the, uh, that one looks really intriguing and funny. Actually, it played in Australia and people, I feel like the Australian art- audience did take to it. Oh, the, the, um, the trailer was as funny as heck, if you don't mind me saying. No. So that's one really good recommendation. Follow Kerry on Twitter. Yeah. And Follow, subscribe. Uh, yeah. Subscribe to the uh, Friendship Club. Um, there's going to be more of that, possibly yes. with JZ and DH <laughs> and other comedians of note. Have you ever thought about getting Kurt Brownola? He's funny. He is funny. I've, I've been kind of avoiding, not on purpose, well, on purpose, um, having straight white males on oh, for a while yeah. but I, but I, I mean it started off maybe i just wanted to explore female friendship but then i kind of opened it up and so now i've been trying to do more topic based and kind of casting off that but um but i do i do want to have a whole just like episode on male friendship and it's interesting kurt's not that straight he's a freak in the sack <laughs> i can guarantee you <laughs> perfect get him on the horn disclaimer that is a joke well we'll let Kerry go and we'll chat again um when the next thing plops and look forward to more friendship club thanks for having me oh thanks so much for your time i'm gonna stop recording now let's go back a few years to i'm mucking around on my soundcloud page and i notice a message come in from a nice young lady who says thanks so much for adding me to your uh soundcloud playlist And I thought, this young lady's going to go far. Not only does she have awesome songs, but she has very good manners. That was 2017. (laughs) I'm talking to Murpire. Very pleased to have a little bit of time with her, talking mainly about Simulation Ride, the new album. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I do do remember that, actually. I remember (laughs) Life Radio all those years ago. I mean, I think I I still have the same um, appreciation of people listening it's it's amazing that i get to make music and people get to listen and i guess it's yeah it's the same for this for this album i've spent a few years on it obviously it got pushed back a little bit with um the first 
lockdown last year. And I guess it's just, you know, it's a celebration to make an album at all. It, it, there's a lot of luck that goes into it as well as hard work, I think. Yeah, I guess it's it's a good reminder that this is one thing I'm in control of. Just wanted to chat a little bit about songwriting. Did you write the songs acoustically or did you write them with the band? I wrote most of them, I think actually all of them on guitar, either, yeah, my acoustic guitar or electric guitar, except for the interlude, actually. There's an interlude in the middle of the album, which I wrote on James, who's my producer, on his Juno keyboard while he was busy mixing the song Sink In that's also on the album. And I was just playing this piano line, thinking of something else, but that was playing in the background. And I was like, actually, this goes actually really nicely with Sink In. So then James and I built this, yeah, eerie, watery interlude around that piano line. But yeah, everything else on acoustic guitar and then uh, brought the songs to James to produce with me, which was good because I have trouble sometimes you know, when I'm playing the songs with the band, I'm focusing so hard on what I'm doing. I'm not thinking about building the songs yeah. with other instruments. So, yeah, I like to produce them first and then take them to the band. People love references. So sounds a bit like this or like this. So I'll throw some names at you and see mm. if I can offend you. Um, <laughs> I, I hear Amy Mann. Uh, okay. I hear Slater Kinney, more recent stuff maybe. I hear some 90s uh, influences. Little Birdie came to mind. Cool. You know, that's the sort of stuff. I don't think it sounds 90s. What I think it sounds like is like good, honest rock and roll. Yeah, that's what I think. Do you think that? Amazing. I hope so. I like those comparisons, actually. I haven't I haven't got any of them before, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, maybe people aren't as smart as me. And <laughs> I think it's really clean and really well-crafted, and you didn't – was there ever a inclination to go for, a you know, a bit of – electro pop here or something like that because that's very much you know 99% of people and I'm not joking are doing that at the moment but you went differently yeah yeah for sure there is a lot of that around which is great for them if it makes them happy (laughs) yeah I think as you were saying just before um the bit of a 90s vibe I think I couldn't help but gravitate towards what I like to listen to and you know, when it came to building production ideas like guitar sounds mm. or different pedals or even vocal sounds and drum sounds, James and I did reference the songs that we were listening to. So we just built like a Spotify playlist of, of what we like in each song and why we chose it, which is a real indulgence actually to work with a producer that is willing to work like that, you know, through trial and error of how maybe from song to song certain sounds wouldn't work and then they would work in other songs. So it's, yeah. It's cool when it can come across. Where was the uh, most of the songs recorded? Actually, we recorded in three different locations. We had the luxury of, of recording without knowing that it was going to be an album. I wrote most of the songs and then recorded them before we decided it was going to be an album. And so that meant we had all this time and space to allow for different environments or different moods that we were in to affect the recording as a whole you know song Mm. to song some of it was recorded in James's parents house in his mum's sewing room which meant you know we got ham and cheese sandwiches for lunch from her when she came up the stairs Um, and then uh, some of it was recorded in Anglesey in the family friend's beach house 
and then at our house as well in in lockdown we finished the final mixes i think in the first lockdown in this room amazing (laughs) that that (laughs) very room yeah (laughs) (laughs) did you take the songs in fairly fully formed like did you have the middle eights and the bridges and stuff yeah yep yeah pretty much Hmm. it's all written uh except for dinosaur and easy dinosaur is the oldest song funnily enough on the record it's probably five years old and I didn't really think much of it until James uh re-dug it up out of my um garage band library and was like I think we should work on this and he actually wrote the outro including the lyrics and melody um and all the guitar lines and with the song easy which is the acoustic song on the album that was ironically the most difficult song for us to record because I think it's hard yeah, well, it actually started out as a band song, and mm. but it just wasn't hitting. It was quite upbeat. And so we stripped it right back, changed the key and slowed it down heaps. And James wrote, you know, more obscure chords in place of the bar chords that I had. And so it made it now that's on the recording sound quite vulnerable um, and intimate, which is how it should be. Yeah. Now, is anyone saying Habits a fantastic single? I think Habits. Yeah. A great yeah. one. Yeah, thank you. That's a fun one. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. It's not complicated. It's got a really easy feel. And then some of the chord changes, like you mentioned, that you and James were playing around with, it takes takes a bit of a turn and just surprises you and just um, draws you in a little bit further. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that comes. Um, and lots of lots of great guitar sounds, lots of great uh, bass sounds. So I think you really thought about what you were going to put in there and what you were going to leave out, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Habit, especially the energy of it and the, the rhythm was inspired by um, a song by Unknown Model Orchestra. So when I, I played the song on electric guitar to James, I kind of just like hummed a bit of a bass line along with it to be like, I feel like this is what I want the rhythm to be. Um, and thankfully he got it straight away. So it's good. There's a great tradition of humming in the studio. Yeah, for sure. I think it goes back as long as we've had studios. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a great album, um, Simulation Ride, worth every cent. Look, do buy it. You could stream it, but why not just buy it? You're going to like it. You yeah, like every vinyl. Song. Vinyl, Only- finally. Yes. Oh, it's on vinyl too. Yeah. Fantastic. Where's the best place to pick it up from vinyl Ooh, I mean, if it's not at a live show, because we don't know when they will be, I would head to Bandcamp, mm. my Bandcamp. Yeah, and vinyl's up there. Can't get in any easier than going to Bandcamp. Talking about live shows, I don't think it must be very complicated to reproduce your recorded sound live, or is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on the song. I think... As I said, having the luxury of, of James, who's my producer, also being in the band, mm. he can take what we've recorded and work out what we can do live with the band. So I've got a, a five-piece band of four women and one James, one male James, and they're all absolutely incredible. I feel very lucky to play with them. We do have an album launch booked for September 3rd at Howler in Melbourne. I'm crossing all my extremities that we get to to do it because it's going to be pretty special. I've got some cool set design things happening and some habit dances. 
Oh, so great. <laughs> yeah. You know, I play in bands. Like, I'm old now. so And I've always had a, had a dream of, like, having a dance troupe because I'm sort of just boring and sing and play. <laughs> having, like, dancers out the front. And then I could watch the dancers. Everyone else could watch the dancers. And it'd be a great time. <laughs> yeah. But it get, gets expensive. Totally. Exactly. But uh, for a rock star like you, it's it's a whole different um <laughs> or oh, just having friends that just want to be on stage, which is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't have enough friends. Um, so talking talking about shows, I mean, is there any talk of getting um, added to any uh, festival lineups? They should. Yeah, I've got one uh, for New Year's on the Hill at New Year's Eve, obviously. That's far um, enough away that we will knock yeah. this bug, bug out for six. I hope so. I hope, I so, hope so too. I really, really hope so. Uh, the album Simulation Ride, Murpire is the band. James sounds like I need to have a chat to him and really get in-depth about studio stuff like, which knob did you twiddle for this? Because he sounds yeah. like, is he, is he interesting or is he like a boring producer type? No, he's, he's super interesting. And there's some really interesting stuff that happened. Like um, I think one of my, one of my favourite things in Village, which is the last, song, last single I released, and it's the yeah. opener of the album we you might be able to hear at the front of the song there's you can hear the the chorus really muffled in the background Mm, almost like it's coming through a a shitty radio channel and there's a sample of a button press as well and the muffled chorus you can hear was actually an accidental recording when we were recording one of the electric guitars and the mic actually picked up the feedback of the guitar listening to the playback of the song to like play along with the song playing. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So it was only when we turned it up, turned up the amp like really loud to get this full guitar sound. You could hear the chorus in the background. We're like, what's that? And so then we did it again and put the more intentionally and put the mic actually on the body of the guitar to pick it up more clearly and we left it in there. So that's where my favourite thing. Yeah, Village is so catchy. I mean, it was a... uh... It was an earworm Excellent. for ages, and it still comes back sometimes when I'm at day job, I'll be doing something, mm. and I'll be like, nah, 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 really? I thought, Merpire. Damn you, Not at all. That's exactly what you want, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Them to be catchy. Well, thanks so much, Merpire. I'm going to let you get on with your day stroke evening, and it's been a pleasure to chat with you and a pleasure to enjoy Simulation Ride. Thanks very Thanks, much. Dan. Thank Not you. I really problem. appreciate it. Thanks for getting in touch. Not a worry. Hey, hey. Great interviews, right? Super big thanks goes out to comedian Kerry Lendo and singer-songwriter Murpire. By the way, I'd just like to mention our Patreon page. If you'd like to donate 3 or $5 per month to keep the station going and paying for music, and all that sort of stuff, hosting and whatnot, go to patreon.com slice radio and you'll get a bit of extra content for joining if you want to. Okay, that's about it from me this week. Thanks for joining. Feel free to share the podcast if you've got some friends who might be interested in similar sort of content. And I'll catch you next time for more great interviews and also great music if you're listening live. And stay safe.